Hello everyone. This is writer, director, and most importantly, actor, M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. A lot of people think I had a very strange upbringing because of my very strange films. But the truth is, my childhood was normal. I was abducted by an alien when I was six years old. I spent years in a spaceship traveling the galaxy, doing normal kid things. Watching baseball games on a TV set, eating yogurt, gogurt, actually the aliens had a bunch of gogurt, and of course sharpening my telekinesis skills and learning how to shoot a laser sniper rifle. Anyway, I hope you enjoy my film Signs, which is the basis of this podcast, and my other films. Reporting live from the dark side of Neptune, where I have my bungalow where I write all my movies. This is M. Night Shyamalan. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh. And today we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan's 2002 hit film, Signs. Uh, which was brought to us today by one of our guests. Let me introduce him. You may know him from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or his multitude of other credits. It's actor, writer, stand-up, comedian, and improviser Danny Jollis. Hello, everybody. You wanted to do Signs, right? Am I mistaken on that? I fought hard for Signs. You fought hard for Signs. Refused to do Inside Out. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, we'll do that they in tried another... To, they tried to switch me inside out, and I was like, I won't do it. Yeah, so you love signs, and you're here to profess your love and tell us why it's such a great film. I'm here to profess my... For anything I'm not Shyamalan, I would defend. I think... Wow. The, I think the man is an absolute... His only crime is that he tries. <laughs> is that every one <laughs> is of his... Is that a crime? All of his movies, when, he, when they critique him, they're like, yeah, this movie where he made a big swing, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. And then these other films where he did, it's like all he does is refuse to... To make a sequel, like a real sequel, and like instead just like battle and fight to make each movie unique and different. I'm such a big defender of his. Wow. Okay. Well, we're gonna get into it because I did also see the happening, and I had a lot of problems with it. Sure. Oh, but, it's a big swing and a miss. It's, oh, okay. So as long as we're on the same page on that, I guess because he's, he's a. Oh, I'm trying to think of a good baseball analogy. I would almost go with a. I would almost go with an Adam Dunn-esque director. I don't know about baseball, but I Adam could compare Dunn, it to Merrill in Adam this Dunn film. Adam Dunn would would he's, swing he's, out. Would, would sw- yes, you could swing to Merrill. Right, he's yes. just swinging, and he has the record yes, for strikeouts. He, he, strikeouts and it's the same with same with M Night. He's swinging for the fences every time. Sometimes he hits, sometimes he misses. That's okay. It's totally okay. Uh, we love you, M Night, and I know he's listening. And I, I want to introduce our other guest. Uh, he's an associate professor of Earth Sciences at the Dornzeif College of Letters, Arts, and Sciences at the University of Southern California. It's Douglas LaRoe. It's great to be here. It's I, I can't believe that you got here after an hour 40 of cycling from Pasadena. Thank you for doing that. Safest way to get here. Safest way to get here? You really believe that? Hard disagree. Yeah. And you're supposed to be like the, the smart guy on the podcast, but I think that's a crazy statement. Yeah, people make mistakes. Is what? there... <laughs> uh, now... Do you do you bike because of a like just just because you like the exercise or is it a environmental thing? Both, wow. and I also don't like to drive. Ah. Mm. Don't want to sit in traffic. If it's going to take me an hour and a half to get somewhere, and I can cycle there in a little bit more time, I'll yeah. cycle. Wow. Why just sit? 
Well, because it's comfortable and you can control the AC and you can listen to music, listen to a podcast, podcast, call your friends. Talk to a buddy. (laughs) I mean, I can keep going. (laughs) Not get hit by a car. That's another good one. It is nice not being hit by a car. I could give you reasons, but listen, live your life. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm very impressed and and glad that you did it and, uh, and hope that you still have some energy left to talk to us about this brilliant film. Yeah, I think the film gives you energy to talk about it. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about it. When did you guys first see signs what was your initial impression i first saw signs i want to say around when it first came out i this one was this one was early. i remember six cents i struggled with as a kid mm-hmm. so this was one of the first m nights i like watched because i already was a pretty big fan at that point mm-hmm. and i this was one i think i might have seen in theaters but i remember seeing it very early and i remember loving it yeah 2002, a great year 2003 ish yeah if i didn't catch it in theaters i caught it very soon after mm-hmm. and i loved it yeah, yeah. Uh, signs I originally did not like, maybe because oh. I was hyped up from Sixth Sense. I'm not sure what happened there, but I remember thinking... Well, M. Night has a, has a magician-esque uh, problem at this point mm-hmm. where it's, you know, people go into his movies sitting there being like, what's the trick? <laughs> and so as a result, right. it's like you go into some of his movies and I find myself guilty of it too, being like with Glass even, which I just, you know, you go in just like, what's the turn? Yeah, when you're going to flip it twist? on me, M. Night. <laughs> yeah, so you can like almost ruin it for yourself because you're trying so hard to like figure him out. Right, yeah, yeah. But, so but, I totally get that. I think a lot of people r- judge his movies unfairly because they went in with like that, you go in being like, I know what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, true. I think I was also... F- 14 and a schmuck so I probably just had no clue what makes a really good movie by that point in my life Um, but because I just rewatched it last night and had a great time I was I was going into it with like very minimal expectations but I loved the film I thought it was like funny at parts when it needed to be and suspenseful and you know sure the alien stuff looks a little bit silly at times I think probably but uh, I don't know I thought that it worked I was I enjoyed myself the entire film right I saw it for the first time last night. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and in fact, before I heard about it, I had never even realized it was a film. Hmm. Um, it's kind of funny that I'm here because I'm not a cinephile at all. Oh. And in fact, I almost never see movies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very strange. But I kind of I checked out on pop culture in the late 80s. <laughs> and um, by doing this, I'm able to check back in a little bit and get a, get a taste of what's been happening over the years. Yeah. Well, heads up, this is 2002, so you're not exactly up on the zeitgeist. <laughs> I know, I do, but I do I, want to warn you. It's a bit more recent than the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> what do I you, mean, can, now, can I ask it, and this is, we're going to pull away from science for a second, but can yeah. I just ask, what, what, like, what, what's the, what do you do for fun? <laughs> what do I do for fun? Yeah. So I love to be outside. I like to hike, camp, mm-hmm. cycle, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, I like to walk. I read. Um, I like to hang out with friends, travel. Man, Doug is the kind of guy you could put in any time period, and he would have a great time, <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. This Maybe. is definitely the toughest time period for for you. <laughs> this is the worst time period for you to be alive. Yeah, your friends want to go to the movie, and you're like, well, I'm going on a hike. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Every read. now and then I'll go along, and usually I don't know what the movie's going to be about at all. I just sort of <laughs> sit there and say, oh, okay, that's, that's a film. <laughs> is that what you thought last night watching Signs? You know, I was expecting because of the nature of the show that it was going to be some some horrible, awful piece, and okay. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. And um, like you said, there were some funny parts. Um, 
I was I was actually pleasantly surprised that there was not a bunch of violence and mm-hmm. a bunch of excess sort of yeah. excess in that way, I guess. But you see a lot of sort of sci-fi type films, aliens invading. You imagine, oh, it's, you know, America, the gun-toting country, right? There's yeah. going to be some guy who's going to shoot up all the aliens. I was really shocked in general, by the way, that there were no guns. Because I could barely remember the film while I was watching last night. And yeah. I was just thinking... They kind of get a heads up that there's an invasion coming, and they live on a farm, and so I just assumed, right. oh, when, there's going to have When's there. the shotgun coming out? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the yeah. fact that there wasn't, awesome. Loved that. I mean, it, it is a movie where, despite the first second, you know it's about aliens, mm-hmm. and there's only one fight with one alien yep. that entire film. Yep. Yep. It is just the anticipation up until then. Yeah, noises, shots of the walls. I did find, kind of find it funny. There was a couple parts that I know were supposed to be really suspenseful, but where he's kind of just zooming into a wall and we kind of hear, you know, right. ambient noise and stuff. Uh, I don't know. It reminded me of like a David Lynch thing maybe, and that's yeah. why I found it funny. But uh, but I thought it was great. It really, it, it honestly worked. Like you you really are caught in the suspense of it. I, yeah. kept, I kept thinking of raccoons when there was the scurrying noises. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And I kept thinking, yeah, when am I going to see this little furry critter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, never yeah. showed up. That would have been cute. A nice, like, a uh, little red herring. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That would have been a good. That would have been a good twist. <laughs> it was raccoons. Oh, no, that's time. the twist of this M Night Shyamalan <laughs> movie. Not aliens, it's raccoons. <laughs> it's raccoons with spaceships. Fuck. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Um, okay, so wait. Before we get too far into the movie, I did want to ask about just your background, your expertise, because I was reading up on you a bit, a little bit last night. Not to seem like uh, you know a creep over here, but I was interneting you, stalker. Uh, I was stalking you a little bit. Uh, so I want to ask you about C Debbie. Mm-hmm. And the whole uh, your interest in microbes, and also the like. It seems like you've traveled a, a, a good amount. You you were you did like research in like the Netherlands. That's right. Okay, so can you just give me give me where you're coming from here? Sure. So the first question about C Debbie, that's yes. the Center for Dark Energy Biosphere Investigations. Okay. And basically, the National Science Foundation uh, awarded a bunch of money to some folks at USC and some other universities to study life in the subsurface in the marine world. This, what, what is the subsurface? So the subsurface is, for our purposes, it's beneath the ocean. Beneath the ocean? Yeah, so the sediments and the rocks underneath the bottom of the ocean. Okay. And there's different layers, right? We have like the f- crust, outer layer, inner layer. Yep. So wh- yep. where are we? Is that just called the subsurface? Well, the, it's funny you say that because there's not a, an, a, a universal definition because some people say it has to be a certain depth underneath the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends if you're on the continent or if you're in the water. Okay. Um, for our purposes, if you are in the sediments underneath the ocean or in the rocks underneath the ocean, then you're in the subsurface. And isn't it extraordinarily difficult to get down there because of the pressure? It is very difficult. So how is there anything to study? So usually what people do is they go on a a, uh, cruise ship, it's called, but it's a scientific (laughs) cruise ship. It's not a lot of fun. Okay. And, well, it's fun, (laughs) but it's a different kind of fun. You guys can have some fun on the boat. Have a couple drinks, see what happens. And you drill down into the subsurface and you take samples from there. And And there's people in this thing? They're in. Oh, they're on the ship, but the drill, the bottom of the drill doesn't. There's no person there. Okay. But sometimes they do put people down on these probes, these Whoa. remotely operated vehicles, and the man submersibles. I've watched a lot of these online. Yeah, they go I'm to, very interested in this stuff. This, uh, I, I've, I've had a theory for a long time that, and I got to tell you, and I'm just, this is just my, my initial thought, but I think advertising wise, you guys have to make 
your stuff as exciting as space because uh-huh. I think we are discovering new aliens in the ocean every day mm. but for some reason like something even looks like it moves in the sky and everybody's like aliens it's so exciting but they every day every inch we go below the the every time we go a little bit deeper down we discover shit that is wild yeah yep. and nobody seems to care <laughs> it drives me nuts I care I know you do. Thank God you do. <laughs> but just know, also, I care. And, and I'm always great. That's great to hear. I just, I learn those things are wild. What you guys find at the bottom? Yeah, there's a lot of really neat stuff down there, and I kind of study the the least exciting part because there, there's these charismatic organisms down there. These tube worms and crabs and mm-hmm. spiders and stuff. Okay. Not spiders, but and I'm interested in the sort of the limits of life. What does that mean? The limits of life. So, how deep is life? How long can it exist in an environment? How long has it been around? When, what is the origin of life? Do we have life beyond Earth, like we saw in the movie last night? <laughs> where Where is it, and how long can it exist? Are sort of the fundamental questions about that I'm interested in. Okay. And so, the subsurface contains, in in at least for sediments, they're deposited slowly over a very long time period. And so if you drill down to the bottom of the sediment layer, you have the oldest sediments that may have been down there for 60, 70 million years. And the microorganisms that are trapped in there have been there ever since. Whoa. So some of these microorganisms have been there long as since, well, they were deposited when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth. And they're alive in there? They are alive. They've been alive for 60, 70 million years? Is that what you're telling me right now? That's right. Uh, That's what our research is telling us. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? So I told you. How, and, and okay, so they're microorganisms, so they're extraordinarily small. Yes. So, and they're feeding on these sediments? So when the sediments are deposited, a little bit of organic carbon is deposited with them. So basically dead cells, fecal material, all kinds of little bits like that are deposited along with the sediment grains. And the microbes are also deposited as part of it as well. And they very, very slowly eat that carbon. Wow. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. Have you been in these uh, little subs? I have not because my work is mostly on the computational modeling side, which oh, okay. is may, maybe why you didn't understand a lot of it uh, when you were looking at it. <laughs> yeah, that was why. That was why. <laughs> I would totally get it if it was the uh, sedimentary uh, study stuff. <laughs> then I would I would be on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but computationally, I yeah we have a distant we have right. a gap. Right. Yeah. I was yeah looking up. There's you've done like 53 publications, and I was trying. I couldn't even understand the titles of a lot. <laughs> Lot of these publications. It was so complicated. I was, as a joke, I was going to print some out and have you read them, oh, but sure. I thought like, oh, that can be just be cruel. I'm not going to put you through it. Um, so I, <laughs> I know, I'm sure you would have done a great job. I would have read it. I would have felt rude. But so you're in a lab uh, studying, th- making models. Yep. Okay. That but I, I rely upon the data that other people generate, the okay. field work that people do, the laboratory experiments, all kinds of information from lots of different disciplines. Okay. And I sort of assemble that information and I say, okay, this is what the environment is like down there. How does it influence what the microbes are doing and how fast they're doing it? Right. Okay. Got you. And you said you're doing the least exciting, you're studying the least exciting parts of that. What is the most exciting parts? Well, a lot of people are interested in sort of the animals they can see down there, right? When you go to a black smoker, hydrothermal (laughs) system, (laughs) yeah, you see a a cool worm down there. (laughs) It's really neat. They're colorful, they move around, they do stuff. They can, uh, what is it called? Like bioluminescent stuff? Like they can light themselves up? Yeah, lots of organisms can do that, yeah. Okay. Okay. So those, but that's not what you do. 
That's not what I do. Not interested. I am interested, but it's just but, not my the focus of my research. Okay, got you. I would happily work with people who study tube worms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Danny, if you want to sign up, <laughs> I, sounds like <laughs> I've had an interest in this for a long time. <laughs> I, I get into it. The ocean, man, it's wild. Yeah, it sounds uh, it sounds pretty what wild. What percent is unexplored? There's like some crazy study. Oh. Stat. Of ocean water or the subsurface beneath it? Because there's very little let's, information. Let's about, just start with ocean water, and then I'm sure subsurface is like zero, is like yeah, 1%. Yeah, almost nothing. So what, yeah. what wow. I tend to show people is a map where you can look at where all the surface life is. Yeah. So on continents, you have all the green places and then the deserts. And then in the ocean, you have phytoplankton that are, that are doing photosynthesis on the surface of the ocean. And you can see that sort of light up on the map. And then underneath that, we know almost nothing. We're constantly discovering new fish and, and wow. new organisms and new, new microbes are, get discovered by the handful and are all there, the time. Are there things that we're discovering that can help us technologically or, you know, medically? Like, is that the goal also? Um, I think it's a, it's a side benefit, but for okay. most of the people that I work with, they're just curious about the extent of life in the subsurface. It's not gotcha. trying to monetize it in any way, but, yeah. you know, if, if something beneficial were to come about, they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, but it's know, a turn lot away like from it. it. Feel free to correct me because I truly know nothing. But it's a lot like exploring space of like you don't quite know what you're going to find. But like there could be something crazy down there that's like wildly intelligent. Mm -hmm. We truly have no clue. Nobody. It, we've so much of the ocean. We don't know what's down there. Yeah. And you also, as with the space program, you develop technology along the way that could be useful for other things. Right. So it may not be yeah. the science that you discover, but it's sort of the the process of getting there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the crazy robotic drill that we need. Right. <laughs> That I need. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's absolutely wild. And uh, and if you're out there and you need to contribute to a cause, don't just think about space. Let's let's get down into think our own planet. Think about the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> it's time to go down into the ocean. I've been yelling about this for years. Well, we we, can, we actually do connect this to space because part of what we do is. If we, we think that there's going to be life elsewhere, and it's in our solar system, it's probably going to be in the subsurface of that other planetary body. Oh. So if it's Mars or one of these icy oh, moons of an outer planet, we got to drill there. the surfaces don't have any life that we can detect so far. So we want to send probes there that can drill into the subsurface and see if there's something down there. So if we understand how life works in the subsurface on Earth, maybe we have a hint about what we could find somewhere else nearby. So you're smart. And that's called astrobiology. Ooh. And you also do that. I do. <laughs> Where does it end, Doug? <laughs> Where does it when end? When they stop funding me, that's when it ends. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so uh, let's let's talk about a few points from this film. I wrote down so many dumb things about this movie. Not saying the movie is dumb, specifically that I think I'm dumb, probably. And some of them were from Lucas, so I'm going to blame him as well. Um, okay, so religiously, I don't know if you guys are religious at all or not or have been, but I just wanted to bring that up as far as, like, did you go through anything that made you question your faith? Uh, you're a scientist of many different expertises, <laughs> so I thought man would be an interesting place to go? Um, well, I, I grew up going to church. Okay. Uh, I'm from the South, so you kind of have to. Where are you from? Tennessee. Oh, cool. from Virginia. All right. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I did grow up, but I after leaving home, I did not continue going to church. Okay. There wasn't one thing in particular where you're like, okay, now I'm out. Not not really. It um, no, no specific event, no okay. bad experiences. You know, it was a uh, it was a, you know, a community of people and my parents go to church still. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm back home, I, I might go with them, but it's just sort of a, I, I see it more of a, of a, um, community sort of getting together. 
Okay. So in terms of the film, you would see yourself more as a number two uh, person, <laughs> right? There's two groups of people. Right. Uh, the the people that see miracles and see signs and other people that are think that it's coincidence and luck. I would say that I'm more along the lines of coincidence, yes. Okay. Danny Jollis. Well, so I, I grew up Jewish uh, in Virginia, which was like a little bit of a different Jewish experience because it was a little bit more of like a thing. Okay. Um, and so I was, as a result, more into it because when you're made fun of for a thing, you're immediately like, well, then I'm fucking this thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are we allowed to curse? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as I said, that was like, sorry about that. I mean, until they stop us. <laughs> oh, I mean, you never know. There's some podcasts where they're like, man, we try to keep it clean. Um, I've had, I've had been yelled at before. Uh, but yeah, so I was, I was, I was into it. And then, you know, the thing I've always said about religion is, yeah, you either believe or you don't, but you can't start poking holes mm. I got into a period where you know the second you poke a hole it comes down real fast on you it, I had my it came down on me just what are we even doing here what is this why why are we even come to the to a plate he's it's, there's a thing up here but I have to go to this one location right. whole thing crumbled on me was completely out and now actually recently I've I've entered a more spiritual like not like LA spiritual, <laughs> but just like what is that? Can you can you tell me what LA, yeah, LA is? spiritual is? <laughs> I think LA, it's yoga. LA spiritual is this rock represents, and it's like that stuff. I don't mean that. I just mean that like I like the idea. I don't see why it hurts in any way to believe in something more. Yeah, I like the idea that there's something more, and I could never believe in a version of that that involved rules. Mm-hmm. I could never believe in a version of God that would like be upset by rules as long as no rules the idea of like oh somebody's looking after you and, and I also see a lot of value in religion it gives a lot of people in this country moral compass it gives their life meaning as long as they're not making legislation off of it I think it's a, a really beautiful thing we have in this world yeah yeah so you're kind of like in between it sounds like a, a person I'm very in between one I'm, or I'm, two I de- I've defended religion on stage uh, mm-hmm. a couple times and, and I have a joke that very much defends religion and okay. uh, but I also obviously see its flaws yeah yeah but it's a it's a rich part of human culture yeah you know there's, there's a lot that's come along with it over the years a lot of bad things as well sure mm-hmm. but yeah i can definitely see the 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 benefits of many yeah. people find like you said you know comfort yeah yeah in religion and that moral compass i mean a lot of people a lot of people have a principle when they're kids and you have this person who is waiting for is you're like, well, I can't mess up because if the principal finds out I can get kicked out of school. And when you leave school, it is very tough as an adult, I think, to not have a principal anymore mm-hmm. and to be like, I can just do something bad and there are no more repercussions. Right. And I think having a just for lack of a better word, principal in the sky who's like, no, right. no, no, I'll see that. Don't do bad things. I think helps a lot of people not to be more on a moral compass. And like, yeah. so yeah. I think it's very helpful. Yeah. I think, I think about that a lot too, in terms of karma. I just yeah. think about, I don't know if necessarily somebody's watching, but yeah, I like that idea of like yeah. the universe connecting us all. And the fact that like what you put out will probably come around I to agree. you somehow. I give a lot of money to to homeless, to like, to just like, if I see someone, I'm one of those people, mm-hmm. and I'm just always like, yeah, I don't know, but I like to think that that will come back to me, and if it doesn't, <laughs> then what's what did I do wrong? Right, yeah, exactly. Then I gave money to a guy for no reason. Who cares? He still helped him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, it seemed like a big point in the movie that he was trying to I don't know if he's religious. Uh, I'm speaking of M Night, uh, but uh, and also, what's the M for? Does anybody know that? 
I could have looked I, that up. I look, that's his name. I looked it up. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember exactly what it is. I want to say it's hmm. M O N. I don't remember the rest. Okay, because I was also wondering that. Yeah, mono mono. I never looked it up. Yeah, mono. His full so, name is rather long. Yeah, it's, that's what I always assumed. I yeah, assumed his, it was long. And knight is not his middle name. It's a much longer word. Oh, that's interesting. It's a sort of a. Well, he found a really cool way to yeah, say his own yeah. name, M Knight. That's cool. That's always very cool. And he was good in the movie. Can we say that, too? <laughs> we can't. It's my one criticism. Coming in as the signs my lover. one criticism of M. Night is I wish... He cast somebody. <laughs> he would cast somebody else. That is my only criticism of him as a... Which as part bothers... Like when he's in the car? Just in general. That's a, that's a very mm. tough... He gives himself... And this is true of a lot of his films. He gives himself very tough roles. It, right, It's yes. like he just puts him... It isn't like... Uh, a Stanley in in Marvel movies of like I'm just gonna have a quick scene. Yeah, a little it's funny like, cameo. He gives himself like intense moments, right? And that's really tough. Like, yeah, particularly like work. Having worked on sets, it is very hard to direct and act. It's really tough. Sure, you are directing is just putting out fires all day long and just desperately trying to make everything look good. To also be acting and to be acting in scenes that intense, I, I just wish he wouldn't do it because I think it's the old, my only criticism of him. Mm-hmm. But look, man. I, I thought he did well. It just took me out for a second because I know it's him. Yeah. So I was right. just thinking about it in terms of that, which I know is silly, but it almost seems like a fourth wall sort of thing happening, right? Yeah. Is he, is he winking at the camera, you know, because he's directing it. He's, <laughs> he's he's the force behind it, and yeah. yet he's sitting there. Yeah. He should have just winked a few times. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been fun. I think is this movie about me? What's happening? Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. Okay, so guys, I have a ton of stuff about crop circles. I don't know <laughs> what you guys know about crop circles, but uh, I did not know much. I knew, All that I knew, essentially, was that people thought they were a hoax. for. I, I mean, people thought they were real for a, a, while, a long time and then figured out that they were a hoax. I don't know that that's the case. Okay. Um, my guess is that probably a lot of people thought... Those damn kids are ruining my crop. Mm-hmm. Not sort of, hey, those are aliens or something else. Just sort oh, of. Oh, I see uh, what you're saying. It's like I, you know, who wants to have their livelihood taken away from them, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pissed regardless, but yeah, probably some punks next door. Right. Yeah. Which I think in the film was the thing. Drunk right? teenagers. They thought, yeah, that yeah. somebody. I can't remember their name, but it was like a funny name. It was. It was the. The bro- the guy who then we see in the jail who is who is Michael Showalter, oh, which is right. a shocking cameo. Yes, I, I it's so funny because it seemed comedic his performance, and I couldn't recognize who it was. And that then was I, who he thought it was. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that was doing the crop circle. The brothers. Stuff. Yes, he yes. was one of those brothers. Uh-huh. That totally makes Michael sense. Showalter. Yeah, he seems like a punk, cool leather yeah. jacket guy. <laughs> I mean, he was a little old for a punk. I remember being like, right. oh, it's an older Michael Showalter, but uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that was peak Michael Showalter back then. Oh yeah, that we got we got some good Michael Showalter, early two thousands Showalter. <laughs> uh, you didn't know about this, the Showalter. <laughs> oh man, we he is a good man. We're gonna do a, another one, bring you and make you. I'm gonna force you to watch uh, some Stella, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll be back. Um, okay. So 
so anyways, yeah, so I had some some crop circle stuff here. Uh, most crop circle researchers admit that the vast majority of crop circles are created by hoaxers, but they claim there's a remaining uh, tiny percentage that they can't explain, um, which I think is interesting. <laughs> Danny's shaking his head like so stupid. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of stuff I can't explain. Yeah, I'd say it, crop circle researcher is all I needed to hear. To know that that was <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I should add that to my list of expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I take it. That's fine with me. I mean, I, I, I don't crop circles, but that's what I actually really liked about the movie was, was that they took a thing that is widely known as like, there are things you can point to as like, oh, there could be aliens, like this thing. And you're like, okay, yeah, that is tough to explain, sure. But crop circles are one where you're like, that's just never been a thing. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it just makes literally no sense. Uh, <laughs> but he took that and used it as like, oh, it's a thing they're doing. And like it actually made sense. Like he took a, he made it make sense. Right. Like, oh, yeah, I guess like you would and we would be so hesitant to think it was real. Mm-hmm. I did think it was kind of wild that these aliens had the ability to bring an armada of ships across some giant, you know, part of space and they need crop circles to navigate. Yeah. I would think that they would have a sophisticated navigation system in place rather than looking at some knockdown corn in a field to get around the planet. Sure, sure, sure. That's a good point. <laughs> you also, I mean, listen, you could also go over, they probably should have done some research and seen there was water on the... I, I think that's here. the main one, Danny. I feel like you, you know, hit it on the head. I feel like... The, the planet's covered in water. It's yeah, mostly water. The like atmosphere has water in it. Yeah. We are mostly water. They said they're harvesting humans at some point in the film. The co- corn they had to knock over has water in it. Yeah, yeah. You break a stalk and there's a, like fluids come out. Uh-huh. Yeah, so defend your boy M. Night on that one. <laughs> Hey man, he's making a movie here. He's trying his hardest, you know. Spin disbelief. You can you can tear down everything. <laughs> like they came here, they didn't realize there was as much water as there was. They they, they were probably like, ah, oh, you know, we'll just duck the lakes, which is what their plan was. Oh, okay. They came down here. Listen, if you want, if you want me to defend this, I will. I do. <laughs> the aliens were like, okay, clearly there's water, but we need to harvest some. We need to some meat. Mm-hmm. So we got to harvest them. We're gonna stay away from the la- the water. Mm-hmm. We'll just deal with things. I don't think, and I do think it would be fair from up above. You wouldn't realize how there's water, like in every house. Sure. Like okay. you might not see that coming. Mm-hmm. You know, you would be like, okay, well they, that's their water spot. Yeah. And this is not a water spot. They don't live on the water. Right. There wouldn't be water. Right? Right. So I could see that. I could see them getting tricked by that. Of like, oh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Oh, actually, we should get out of here. They're using it against us. It's They have a bunch of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank God they didn't come down here on a rainy day. Oof. Could you imagine? Monsoon season. Oh, they'd be done. Done, done for. <laughs> That's true that they didn't even touch on that in the film. I wonder if anyone said that to him on set of like, hey, but if it was raining, they'd all die, right? And just, oh, sure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe, yeah. maybe if the humidity got to a certain level, that was that would be enough as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Because it's summer. The, you saw how tall that corn was, right? That's yeah. like late August. It's yeah. humid. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. talking like, you know, their skin would start to bubble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And couldn't they make suits? I would think so. They were naked. Yeah. Seemed like their skin was just out there. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, why Why have suits? Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> you know, they're they just minimalists, know. you know? They yeah, yeah, that's they, how they roll. Mm-hmm. They haven't needed them for a year. You know, it'd be like us. I think, like, we... Yeah. You only know what you know. <laughs> this is how I'm keep so there's, this movie. there's some sort of yeah. There's like a weird medium where the aliens are smart enough to have these spaceships, but not smart enough to do any reconnaissance. Well, necessarily. this is the great this is the great alien debate. 
Okay. Is what version of, of intelligent life could potentially be down here? Mm-hmm. We potentially be capturing Area 51, just we, we were capturing them. <laughs> They're that intelligent. <laughs> But also this minute, like just sending down one person who then got caught and just they didn't give a shit about and like, <laughs> right. it's just hard to imagine the amount of technology it would take to get here mm-hmm. versus the lack of giving a shit it would take to then get here and then just like, you know, just probe one dude randomly in Iowa. Like it's, that's the great alien debate. So are, do you fall on the side of, this is silly, the aliens have not been here, why would they do this? Uh, I think... I fall on the side of like, I'm very like laid back on stuff. I'm very like, yeah, look, I have yet to really see an alien story where I'm like, okay, that is. But there's a lot of stories where you're like, okay, yeah, I don't quite know what happened there. Right. And this is like, I've always said with with like conspiracy theorists, they tend to make a lot of jumps in logic. Sure. And I think you would agree scientifically. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like it's always like, well, this is true and this is true. And so obviously this is true. And you're like, what? What what was that third step you just took? Like there has to be the thing was thing. And it wasn't a guy working the 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 light the lighthouse that night. So there were obviously aliens there. And you're like, wait, well, there's two million reasons. Yeah. It could have not been that. Um but I do think there's weird stuff. I do think like obviously Area 51 exists, which is a potentially like does have something. So it's like, look, do I think there's, do I believe in the idea of intelligent life? hundred percent, particularly down in the ocean. Um, <laughs> I do think that the deeper we go in the ocean, I think at some point we're going to just, I think there's something down there that's way smarter than we realize. Mm-hmm. And I think like that'll be exciting. Okay. I feel like there's probably, there's definitely life beyond earth. It's just the universe is too vast for there not to be Yeah. intelligent life. You know, it's a bit more of a stretch, but also, probably, I would say, just my personal feeling. Okay. And if they've been here, we've probably not seen them. Okay. So there is a chance that they've been here and we just the, don't know about what it. What if they came, you know, 10 million years ago before humans were around and mm-hmm. just walked around and saw a bunch of weird animals and said, huh, that's kind of interesting. And then they went back. Yeah, we'll check back later. And that's it. Maybe they'll be back in 10 more million years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do you think the the ancient alien theories have something to them where they were around, but we had no way of, you know, archiving their existence right, besides right. some uh, paintings that can be interpreted? <laughs> such a stretch. I hear about those ancient aliens. But what about like, the pyramids, Danny? I will, but, th- but I mean, it's a great look. It's a great move by conspiracy theorists to be like, Oh, they're ancient because it's like, okay, well, I definitely can't disprove that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to disprove what you're saying. The mm-hmm. absence of evidence, though, is not evidence. <laughs> right. Okay. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you can just say, oh, it happened a long time ago as your evidence. It's a photo. There's one guy. He doesn't look like this guy was either a bad artist or uh, you're like, yeah, he's just been a hyper intelligent space traveler. Or he was high, you know, he was was tripping and said, I'm going to make a crazy ass drawing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were probably just discovering uh, hallucinogenics. They were taking all sorts of crazy mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't build pyramids without mushrooms. Let's all be honest about that. <laughs> I hear you. Those things are I big. I think it is a scientific fact. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, finally, it's on record. Um, okay, I wanted to know if you knew of anything that does get hurt or killed by water. Because these aliens, like, that's their big demise. And it seems like, to me, all life on Earth depends on water. It does. Ooh, what does water... Well, too much water is bad, right? You can drown. Sure. Um... <laughs> or drink too much water. How much water if we... If, I mean, Danny has this like nine gallon thing of water it's here. huge. So like four liters. 
tells me how I'm doing. Do you, you, um, it's not four. But how many ounces is it? Oh, it might be four. It, it's big. It's. Uh, oh, I like that it has all these uh, motivational. That's 3,000 milliliters yeah, right there. Right. So if maybe it's over three liters. Yeah. So a good guess. You're supposed to be drinking a lot of water. I do. Uh, yeah. So it's okay. very important to drink water. Everyone um, hydrate yourselves. I'm trying to I'm trying to hydrate during this little detox I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but how much is too much? Way more than this. Uh, I think it depends on the time span. Of 24 hours. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drink. You know, I've heard of people gorging themselves on water. Sort of a bet. A bet? Yeah. Who are you hanging out with? See how many gallons of water. (laughs) I've heard of these people. I'm not saying I know them. All right. Yeah, you can you can kill yourself drinking too much water. Definitely. Whoa. It happens. It also happens during marathons, or it used to. Oh, interesting. Because basically, what happens is you're running and you're drinking cups of water along the way, and it's just going into your stomach and staying there. Whoa. It's not being absorbed by your system. You finish the race, and there's this flush of water that goes into your system, and it whacks out all your electrolytes. Whoa. And that imbalance can be very, it can be fatal. Why isn't it going into your system while you're running? I think your all your blood is in your muscles and, and helping deliver oxygen to them. And it's not worrying about doing what's whatever's in your gut. Interesting. I have never been a runner. And I think <laughs> that marathons are silly. Is that <laughs> controversial? Is that rude? My dad's an Ironman. Oh, wow. Ooh. My dad did the Ironman just, and just obviously did marathons. Offended Mr. Jollis. Uh, and... <laughs> Rob Jallis is going to be livid. Uh, <laughs> Shit. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's, I mean, but that in general is very unhealthy to do to your body anyway. <laughs> running. It do, seems like it's too much. It's way That's too much. That's what I was yes. going to say. It's way too much. I I still can't believe my dad did it. He now swims, but he did like the, Al- he did the Alcatraz swim. He did the Whoa. Chesapeake Bay swim. He does Holy like those. Crap. And those are really tough on water. Because you're, when he did Chesapeake Bay swim, there was a current against the race. Oh wow! So God. he was just battling a current. Oh, so, he, so it was like supposed to be like a two and a half mile race, but it like, I think he they like he like asked me. He was like, it felt like I swam like five miles. He was like, I just couldn't go forward. For Man, Dad's a super badass, Danny. He's intense. I would have wow. turned around. That's we'll, what I go with the current. <laughs> I go with the current. That's what, I mean, I, he, yeah, no, he definitely has like that instinct in a way that I'm very much like, yeah, I don't care. Is he also funny? <laughs> My dad very yeah, funny. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah no, he's a professional speaker. Professional speaker yeah. right. and Iron Man. It's yeah. like everybody does everything and I do nothing. Uh, anyway, host a podcast <laughs> and equated to nothing. No. So uh, tinfoil hats. I wanted to talk about oh, for wow. a second. Is there any validity to the tinfoil blocking any waves, waves of any sort? Um, I guess they could block out light. Okay, <laughs> sure. That's something. That's true. That's light one waves. thing. Yep. Um, not a lot else, I would say. Mm, but radio waves, uh, ultraviolet, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I can't see it doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially it's so thin. Right. But does tinfoil have a reaction? It has a reaction in microwave, right? Yes. It can, yeah. So if they were trying to use microwave technology, would it be doing something? Hmm. Or would it potentially be putting a, or would you be like lightning where it's like actually more likely to hit you? <laughs> right, yeah. Because it has a reaction to, to, to microwave rays, whatever those are called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's microwave radiation. Um, I think the problem is when you put metal in a microwave, you, you can have arcing happening, happening. So you have this electrical discharge that can happen over the distance that you, I think it depends on the size of the metal in the microwave. I'm not sure exactly how all that works. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that you're going to protect yourself from aliens with aluminum foil. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good call probably. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. A baseball bat though. 
No problem. <laughs> baseball bat was good. Then you're good. Yeah. Well, baseball bat swung by a guy who had a 500 foot home run. Which right. Yeah. Is pretty incredible. Yeah. Which is wild. Uh, yeah. Gladiator veteran uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I was stunned to find out that Gladiator was made before this film, by the way, because he looks so young and spry. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's so good. The best. <laughs> He's so good in this movie. Makes up for M. Night. Would you say everything makes up for M Night? M Night was not a massive detractor. It's just the only thing with all of his movies. It isn't just this one, right? He puts all himself in a lot movies, of them. Yeah, you always have a moment of like, God, M Night, <laughs> stay out of this. What are you doing? Stay out of here. But has it gotten to the point where you, even though you know it's going to be bad, you you want it in there? It's just it's a signature item in his films, right? Mm. Not for me because I'm such a because I because as a M Night supporter, uh-huh. there are monsters out there who endlessly attacked this guy for, again, just trying. And so right. uh, uh, you you want his movies. Like, you go into Glad... Like, Split was so great. I still haven't seen Split. You gotta see Split. I want to see Split. Split is amazing and an incredible uh, uh, multiple personality. Oh. Uh, yeah, I really wanted to do it for the pod, actually, for that reason. Oh, it's great. I'll, I'll do any M. Night movie. Okay, great. Um, Tomorrow. But <laughs> I, I love it. It's, it's, but Split was so great. And then, and people sort of came back of like, oh, I mean, I guess M Night is good again because they're idiots. <laughs> and then, uh, keep in mind, nobody talks about Unbreakable, which is, in my opinion, his best movie. Unbreakable is good. Well, I, I don't know if I would say best just because I love Sixth Sense so much, but I did like Unbreakable a lot. I think Unbreakable's perfect. Probably haven't seen it. That's correct. <laughs> Have you seen any of his other movies? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Go see Sixth Sense. Yeah, Sixth Sense is. I really mean, that's, fun. I definitely have heard of several of his films. Yeah, yeah. I just, I never. Did you enjoy this movie? Yeah, somewhat. I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say it. it like, I, like I said, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, horribly disappointed. <laughs> it's a terrible review. Well, I guess that's a win. <laughs> but I'm, but I think I'm, I'm a real strong critic because you know, for you see so many films that are just so terrible. Yeah. And that I, that's why I, I don't crave to go see films because I've seen the I guess I've seen the bad ones. But wasn't it refreshing to see a movie where you were like, this I don't know what there's no big character that this is just a story told. I nothing I have to. It's just a story. Yeah, it's it, it was it was refreshing. I agree. Yeah, all I mean, of his movies are like that. There there was you know this exploration of faith and and mm-hmm. you know so there was something else going on as well. Yeah, yeah. We haven't touched on uh, Mel Gibson and his uh, uh, off set. Sure. Uh, I have a lot of uh, sure. I have so a, I think <laughs> that also detracts from the film. But Mel Gibson is not in the other M Night Shyamalan movies, yes, so no, you can not. enjoy those without any sort of no, uh, and, and, and like, worry. And I obviously. Have issues with M Night, uh, but I I will say like undeniably incredible in this movie. Yeah, just yeah. gives a he's just great. Oh, Mel Gibson, you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, Abigail Breslin, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I I, I couldn't see sure. past Mel being a being a clergy member though. I just mm. I just couldn't see it. You know, for me, he's. He's an action movie star. He's also the off-screen stuff you talked about. Sure. Uh, I I appreciated the more patient, uh, introspective performance (laughs) from Mel Gibson. I kind of liked him as this character. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, like, the other stuff exists, and I'm... Which M Night movies should we not watch, or should we watch? Obviously, all of them, the in obviously your the obviously the happening was a swing and a miss. Big swing could have worked great. Yeah. I still look at it being like that idea isn't terrible. Right. It's the way it just didn't work. But like, it's a cool idea. The happening is about <laughs> uh, basically trees turn on us. 
Right. Oh. The trees have had enough. Well, and he's so, interested. And so they start basically killing people. Oh, violent Nobody trees. knows why people are dying. Yeah, people uh -huh. just start killing themselves, and they can't figure out why. Mm -hmm. And the problem was, I think it was right at peak M. Night. So it was right when everybody was like, here comes his twist. Right. And something about it being the trees, and yeah. it just wasn't that well. And it was Wahlberg. Yes, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. It just didn't work. It just, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. it just didn't work. And there was a really violent sequence in that film where, like, a kid gets shotgunned, I think. Oh, they're and brutal it was death. So, so violent. It was so violent. And, but I think that was, like, it, I love the idea. I still feel like there, yeah. I, I feel like. We're, we're going to remake The Happening. Yes, honestly, I was just <laughs> thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if I made it to a certain point in my career, I would love to sit down with him and be like, what if we tried it again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try, I'm sure that's not is, what he wants Is it to a remake of a classic horror film? No. I don't think so, yeah. I think no. all his movies are original. No, he comes up with all of himself. Right. And so he writes and directs, so that's also very cool. Yeah. Minus uh, the, the show that he directs a lot on, Wayward Pines. I don't think he writes oh, that. Okay, well, yeah. But that that's it. Um, okay, any others that we should avoid? The Lady in the Water, I have not seen. <laughs> For the sake of time, don't do it. But it's not—it's not a nightmare. Okay, um, it's not an M nightmare. It's not an M nightmare. And okay. then the rest, are, almost all the rest, I would—I would say, are well worth your time. Okay. There's okay. almost no other ones I would be like, don't do it. I think Joaquin Phoenix is in the Village, also, right? Yes. So I'm right. in. The Village I'm in is for scary. That. Uh huh. The Village is like a true Sweet. horror. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So that's my only thing of the village. But each one, each M Night movie has a turn. It's fun. You're gonna love them. <laughs> all right. All you're right. Gonna, you're Give a chance. Be a big M Night fan, Doug. <laughs> By the way, what movies do you really like? He doesn't watch I movies. I assume There's something none. from the 70s. No, he doesn't like stuff. That's what I'm saying. But Godfather. but it's because of all the movies he saw. So you like this one. I tell you, M Night might be a good way in for you. It could be. It could be. Um, I'm just thinking back to movies I like. I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, they're they're very well known movies, typically like Pulp Fiction. Great, you know, yeah, makes sense. Sure, Goodfellas, you know, those mm -hmm. one of the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. just, you know, I, you mentioned Godfather, great film. The See first the trailer for The Irishman today. No, I did not. Trailer for The Irishman dropped today. Oh, and spoiler alert on when we uh, recorded this. Um, <laughs> That's what everybody was wondering. <laughs> edge of their seats. Uh, Looked interesting. I mean, it's just exciting to see Pesci back. I think more than anything else, somebody was like, Pesci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking Pesci back, bro. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Cannot wait to watch that trailer. I have not seen it yet either. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I think we're we're about wrapped up here on time, guys. But uh, but anything you'd like to promote, tell people about? Uh, people off. should take like uh, be your classes, Dr. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think that if uh, people should go to the CW website and learn more about Research in the subsurface. What's that website? CW.org. CW.org. Find out about S -C -A. the... S-E-A. C. The letter C. The letter C. And then Debbie, D-E-B-I. Oh, that's for sure how nobody would have thought that was supposed to be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, that's very important. Now we know. That. Glad that we put it out there, yeah. C, <laughs> as in the letter C. Couldn't have been more necessary <laughs> that you said that. Yeah. That is true. That is Good a, to know. Good to a, know. You're talking about the subsurface in the sea. Uh -huh. It's very confusing, yeah. But check that out. Learn about the weird potential alien life that's going on in the rocks below the it's ocean. Crazy. crazy stuff. Genuinely. Danny, what's going on? What's going on with me? Um, I don't know. Um, I'll be uh, touring with Rachel Bloom on all her dates. You can see me at uh, just all social media at Danny Johnson. Then this thing I say on every podcast I do, mm -hmm. just go see live comedy. Don't worry about where. Just find your local comedy club. 
go look at the next three weekends, find the one you find the funniest and go see them. Wow. Be very thankful. Yes. Very well said. Love that. <laughs> um, okay. Danny, Doug, thank you guys so much. I'll see you next time when we do uh, The Lady in the Water <laughs> or uh, The Village or something. Do Split, man. Split. Oh, man, that's actually very true. Can you speak to psychiatric conditions and such? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, great. So we'll see you then, and uh, bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our engineer and editor is Lucas Bollinger. And the executive priest deucer is Brett Kushner. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Send us an email at badscience at seeker.com. That's badscience at seeker.com. Let us know what movie you'd like us to do next or any thoughts you have on the podcast. And of course, if you wouldn't mind leaving us an iTunes review, that lets other people hear about the show, which we really appreciate. Hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.